This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. We're looking at a mostly cloudy day for today. Temperatures a little bit more seasonable. Instead of the 50s, we're looking at the low to mid 40s. No injuries are reported after a woman held police in a standoff at an apartment in downtown Binghamton for about an hour yesterday afternoon. Witnesses had reported seeing a person pointing a handgun in the air near the downtown YWCA building at Holly and Exchange Streets at around 1 yesterday afternoon. The woman went into the apartment in Building E at the massive Woodburn Court 2 complex at Susquehanna and Carroll Streets and refused to come out to speak with officers. SWAT units were then called in. Shortly after 2 p.m. the woman emerged from the building and surrendered. Authorities say the woman had suffered a mental health crisis and was taken for evaluation. New York State Police are now releasing the names of those involved in that fatal tractor-trailer passenger van crash near the Chobani Yogurt Factory in Shenango County on Monday. Authorities say the passenger in the van who was killed when the vehicle hit the tractor-trailer as it was turning from State Route 8 onto County Route 25 was 22-year-old Jasmine Morrison of Rome, New York. The driver of the van who suffered non-life-threatening injuries is 24-year-old Tyler Stewart of Lee Center, New York. He was taken to a hospital in Syracuse for treatment. His condition is not known. The driver of the tractor trailer who was not injured is identified as 38-year-old Chad Alkashakis of Sherburn. The investigation into the 11 a.m. December 5th crash is continuing. A number of political camps are weighing in on a ruling by Supreme Court Justice Joseph McBride tossing out Broome County's redrawing of its legislative district maps, while the county executive, Jason Garner, is holding back any comments as the situation develops. Democrat legislator Mark Whalen tells WMBF News he fully expects the Republicans to file an appeal to the ruling that threw out the redrawn lines on claims of gerrymandering, especially in the dividing of the town of Maine into three districts that Whalen says is clearly in violation of the state law preserving towns in a single unit. Democratic Broome County Commissioner of Elections Dan Reynolds says the ruling left a lot of unanswered questions with the judge just sending the map back to the county to deal with. Statewide redrawing of district lines ended with a special master being called in to rework the map separately. However, it looks like the Broome County Committee may be reformed. Republican Legislative leader, also named Dan Reynolds, issued a statement expressing disappointment with the decision and says they're evaluating their options after meeting with the county attorney. A town of Lyle woman is accused of child abuse. Broome County Sheriff's officials say they have arrested 30-year-old Jordan Smith. Following reports of possible abuse in her home, authorities say Smith is charged with felony aggravated sexual abuse, felony assault, and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child. New York State's Attorney General says her office is taking the allegations of sexual harassment against her former Chief of Staff, Ibrahim Khan, seriously. 
The Democrat, Letitia James, issued a statement yesterday thanking the women who made the accusations for coming forward. James says, quote, I want to assure them that they were heard and that I believe them. James says her office quickly took disciplinary action, putting Khan under restrictions and engaged an outside law firm for an impartial review. Khan resigned as chief of staff but has denied the accusations and said his resignation was not related to the claims of inappropriate touching and unwanted kissing. Critics have claimed the attorney general hid the investigation in order to win re-election. A new law in New York could lower the hammer on more unwanted telemarketing calls. The measure signed this week by Governor Kathy Hochul requires telemarketers to give customers the option to be added to the company's do-not-call list at the start of certain telemarketing calls instead of giving the option, in the rare case the recipient remains on the line, at the end of the pitch. In the past, the person on the receiving end of the unwanted calls would often hang up before getting the option, leaving the line open for continued calls from the company. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly cloudy today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. On Friday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Sunday, back to clouds and a 70% chance of rain and snow, a high in the upper 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. I'm Joseph, live on a Thursday morning. Here I am. Time to call in at 607-772-1290. Good morning, WNBF. You're on. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're on the air. What's your What's your first name and where are you calling from? Steve from the South Side. Hey, Steve, what's up? Uh, not much. I got, uh, I was watching, uh, I was listening to Mark Levin uh, last night during I got tired of listening to him, so I uh, switched over to NPR, and they were talking about volcanoes. I listened to it closely there, and they didn't say anything about uh, global warming. Yeah, anything anything about about Jared Kushner's laptop? Uh, No, I didn't hear anything about that. Not on NPR. Hmm. We'll probably have something on it. I I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's time that we find out what's on Jared Kushner's laptop. Ah, uh, okay. Was uh, Jared Kushner have have anything to do with uh, volcanoes? Huh? We don't know until we see the contents of his laptop. I can only speculate. Oh, okay. I didn't. But, uh, I didn't hear anything about that. Or, yeah. Um, so, I mean, the bottom line is, how how concerned should we be about this? In your view, in your opinion, is this a well, matter uh, for grave you concern? About, you ever hear about the the, the year without uh, spring and summer? That was back in the eighteen hundreds. Well, yeah, I've, uh, I've heard about that, it. And I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to see that happen again. No. Yeah, people are really concerned about climate change here. That's uh, to me. <laughs> that scares the bejeebus out of me. Yeah, I mean, if we have a Year without summer, uh, year without summer next year. I'm going to be pretty um, yeah, disappointed. A lot of 
hundreds of thousands of people are starving out there because of the, the volcanoes. They're, they right. blocked out the spot. Well, I, um, I'll have to look into that further. I, until you mentioned it, I, I hadn't given it that much thought, but... Uh, yeah, now it's on my radar, so it'll be one more thing that I have to do research on in the next couple of days. Oh, one more thing here about the, the current guy there. Was he doing going down to Venezuela there? Well, he's not go, probably not going down there. To, he's uh, trying to get oil from uh, Venezuela. There. Well, I, I would hope he would get well, some well, oil. They, I mean, the, have, uh, the, the problem have, I see uh, right right now. They have cleaner oil down there, do they? I'll, I'll tell you the problem as I see it right now is, um, you know, oil prices have plunged to the point where they're now lower than they were a year ago today. So whatever, whatever he's doing is working. I imagine a lot of people are driving less. Like, uh, for instance, uh, making uh, one uh, trip to the, the, the grocery store, picking up all that they need or and driving home or not driving around or all over the place. Yeah, which is what they should have been doing anyway. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I think uh, in America, many of us engage in wasteful behavior, and sometimes it takes $5 a gallon gas to help us rethink the way we operate and consolidate trips and, and not act like um, the natural resources we've been blessed with are limitless. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to save on uh, gasoline. I remember back during the 70s, there were people were, a lot of the guys that had pickup trucks were taking the back off of the pickup trucks there and making them uh, more aerodynamic to save on gas. Right. Well, plenty of ways. You can also, here's another way for a lot of people today on Route 17 or Interstate 81, here's a way to save gas. Drive, drive yeah, drive seventy five instead of ninety five. How about that? Yep. There, I just saved you a lot of gas today. I drove in on I drove in on on, on on Highway seventeen today, and a, a lot of people were speeding right past me. Some in pickup trucks. So clearly, clearly, they don't have a problem with the price of gas. Well, I, I don't. I don't drive myself, or so. But I've never been in a car accident or anything like that. There, so. You're lucky. You're lucky. If yeah. I had my choice, I wouldn't drive either. But I, sadly, because of because well, of my a... occupation, I have to drive. But I don't like driving. But I must drive. I must. I I, I checked with Uber to see if I could have uh, an Uber driver on standby to take me to the uh, news stories as they break out, and they just laughed at me. So. I, oh, I need, I way, need a what's car. The, what's the, that uh, song that you usually play uh, first thing uh, when you come on the air? What's the name of that? We, oh, you mean the, the opening theme, the, the little... Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Well, here you go. Isn't it peppy? What? What's that? Isn't it very peppy? I like it. Yeah. What's the name of it, there? It's called Dance Park. Dance Park. Dance Park? Yep. Dance Park, every day it's tomorrow. Listen to it. Let's just listen for a few seconds so we can let it soak in across America. In a crowd and 
Yeah, I love that. What's the name of the band? Martha and the Muffins. Martha and the Muffins? Yep. Okay, that's uh, that's it for now. I'll okay. I'll call some other time. All right, thanks. Thanks for being caller number one. I do appreciate it. It's 916 with Bob Joseph at WNBF dealing with the issues du jour. Coming up on the program today, I'll have some interesting uh, guests. And also, coming up today on WNBF.com, if you like breaking news, WNBF.com will be the place to get it. All right? So if, if you want some breaking news today, as many people do, I would encourage you to... Check out our website, WNBF.com, and you'll see the breaking news along with the rest of the world. That's what we do here. Break the news. John in Binghamton, good morning. Hey, Bob. Uh, I see this insanity of uh, moving cars uh, across the street uh, continues when uh, it's sunny and clear and there's no forecast of snow. How many other places, let's say in upstate New York, have the same system as Binghamton? I mean, I know there's alternate side of the parking, but this weird 5 p.m. time, uh, you know, I mean, in other words, if you go with somebody out to supper, at four o'clock and say you're going to get back at seven. How how do you do that? Do you hire a neighborhood kid uh, and give him the keys to switch your car? What about the carbon footprint of thousands of cars unnecessarily being moved with the carbon clearing, you know, revving it up? Uh, well, that's because this is not a green city. If this was a green city... We would put a stop to that uh, ridiculous waste of time. It's it's almost as bad as having to change our clocks twice a year in the 21st century. You know, it may have made sense at, at some point years ago. It no longer makes sense. And they're just, you know, they keep things going for tradition's sake, or some say to make cash money on um, people who are... Uh, unmoved by the the state's uh, the city's alternate side law. Some people are like, "Hey, look, it's clear and forty three degrees on December eighth. I'm not going to move my car." And then well, you know, when the city needs a buck, remember the city never puts out routinely how many of these tickets they issue and how much money, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars they rake in from unsuspecting residents and from our guests. It's no wonder people are moving from Binghamton. Well, uh, I was told uh, the police officer uh, the other day 
uh, and he was just beginning his shift, uh, 77 tickets. Uh, at From the one day. guy? Yeah, that's hearsay. Now, uh, but, Well, do you have a sense? See, I've never received a, a ticket, alternate side uh, ticket in, in Binghamton, so I don't know what they uh, are charging now. Do you have any sense of, of what the city expects you to pay if they have caught you in the act of parking on the wrong side of your street? All I know is it's more than uh, if you were at a meter downtown. Yeah. So, I mean, the bottom the bottom line is they're trying to balance the city's budget on the backs of hapless saps who may not know about the alternate side restrictions and regulations or, you know, just basically say, yeah, I know about them, but why would they enforce them when there's not a snow flurry within a 50-mile radius? So it's... And- you know, the advent of 10-day weather forecasts, when there is snow coming, even if there's a chance of snow coming, the 24-hour weather channels, this is all they talk about. So there's uh, advance warning to make arrangements. Uh, and why should a resident, uh, I mean, look, what you're talking about is the west side of Binghamton. If it's the students that are clogging up the streets, if if that's the problem. Then you're talking about streets on the west side, a few streets on the south side. Uh, why should residents on the east side, why, why should residents in the first ward uh, be forced to comply uh, with this idiocy uh, uh, that that has absolutely no rational basis? Uh, you know, so uh, this is this is the insanity. We've never paid our public officials more in Binghamton. They're getting automatic raises now, uh, and they impose this. This this is, uh, you know, every council member in the next council election should run on this. They should run on things like uh, garbage bags that haven't improved the look of the city. Well, so you know, it it occurs to me that are probably you. And other WNBF listeners could come up with a list of five or ten things that would make Binghamton more livable and more enjoyable. And eliminating the um, nonstop alternate side parking regulations from December 1st through, I think it's March 15th, that would be one of them. Eliminating the trash bags, coming up with a, a system that's not as onerous. Who wants to go to an authorized city trash bag retailer? I mean, come on, man. This is predatory government. It's, it's not citizen-friendly. This is us versus them. I would like uh, to throw out something to your callers. Tell me the absolute reason why this should be employed throughout the city, why it should, uh, uh, what is reasonable about this, and uh, what is reasonable about the the fines uh, that are levied. Well, and the other thing is lack of transparency. That's one good thing that you don't hear from City Hall anymore. They sometimes used to talk about uh, being the most transparent government ever. I mean, fortunately, we don't hear that because, you know, Binghamton government. First of all, Binghamton government in my lifetime never has been transparent, but it's less transparent today than it's ever been. Well, we've got Google, so let's, let's just find the other cities that have the exact, college towns, by the way, that have the exact same system as Binghamton. 
All right. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good thing. Again, I'm about making Binghamton more livable, more enjoyable, more user-friendly, to use a, a buzz phrase. In my Binghamton, people won't be constantly inconvenienced by these little trivial things. We're going to streamline the city of Binghamton to make it greater not make Binghamton great again. It still is a great city. It is one of the greatest cities in upstate New York. In fact, it is by far the greatest city in Broome County. The, the thing is, we can make it greater. We can improve upon what we have. And that is my vision for the gleaming parlor city of 2024. DJ in Binghamton. Good morning. And Binghamton's greatest preacher said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, <laughs> brothers and sisters. <laughs> hey, Bob, you know, I want to say, when I came back from uh, India, after five weeks of being out there preaching by myself, well, not by myself, but all kinds of denominations, and but I went by myself, and I came back, um, I had 1,400 people in one church service, but I did all kinds of, oh, I saw monkeys swinging in the tree, remote villages, I was everywhere. And when I came back, I seriously felt like kissing the ground, but I knew that I, I shouldn't because that's kind of like a symbolic insult to the Lord. I don't want to do that. And now I'm so happy, and this is why I'm calling, about Brittany Griner being released. She's going to want to kiss the ground when she gets back to this Christian nation America. I guarantee it, as George Foreman would say. I mean, it's great to hear that news this morning that she's being released. It's always great to be free. I thought it was fantastic. That was the best news Me I've ever too. heard. Well, yeah. it's the best news I've heard so far today, but the day is young, and we will see what else. I, I predict some further good news today, okay? Yeah, and you know, Bob, this, you know, but it was, what, it, was, it was so mind-boggling because she, it was an accident. I don't think she thought that she was going to be busted for that hey, cannabis that, oil. But that happens in so many cases, even... Even here in the city of Binghamton, sometimes people get in trouble, and they didn't think about it. But uh, a lot of times, no matter what they say to the court, it doesn't please the court, and they get the book thrown at them. So, you know, as as someone once told me, ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's 926. Bob Joseph, working for you, working for Binghamton, working for America. This is News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming on WNBF.com. Joseph Live, 929 WNBF. Ron in Binghamton, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, Bob. Say I I am uh, happy for Brittany Griner being uh, released. Uh, you know I'm not so happy about uh, what, who they had to swap for her, but hey, that's how it goes. Um, you know I I do take a, a small um, um, kind of divergence with DJ referring to her coming back to a Christian nation. I don't know if that's a, appropriate. Uh, uh, she's coming back to a secular nation, uh, not one run on religious principles. 
Uh, you know, the traveling abroad thing, there was a show on uh, on uh, TV, which I don't know if it's still on, about um, being locked up in, uh, in a foreign country. Locked up abroad was the name of the show. And uh, that was basically with people who were doing nefarious things like uh, acting as drug mules and such for, for money. Uh, but to the average traveler, I think the average traveler has to be aware that when they leave the United States, uh, watch out. Uh, let the traveler beware. I have a close relative who travels extensively uh, to foreign countries. And, uh, you know, it puts in my mind that if she is in Turkey or, well, any other country, really, uh, she's at uh, the whim of their system. Uh, you know, yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article about Indonesia. And in Indonesia, they have just passed laws which uh, forbid uh, cohabitation of unmarried couples. You get six months in jail if you're cohabiting with someone to whom you're not married. Um, and uh, also that uh, if you uh, engage in extramarital sex, you can get a year in prison. Now, that's in Indonesia. So, so what would happen to the former guy? To the uh, to the former guy, uh, <laughs> ah, I know that's uh, how low can you go? Anyway, yeah. well, he the good news is he has no plans at this time to visit Indonesia, so you know, I think he's, I think he's safe yeah. for the moment. Well, <laughs> well, seriously, Bob, I I, I don't want it to sound uh, like a trifle. You know, many many Americans travel, and when. Americans travel, they may not be aware of uh, the laws, and it, it would be wise uh, to be aware. Because well, you... and as, as the State Department, I think, makes clear on its website, I don't recall the exact language, but basically, once you set foot outside the, the glorious USA, uh, whether it's Canada, Mexico, or anywhere else, uh, you know, Maybe they'll try to help you, but there's only so much they can do. So if you get if you get in a jam anywhere outside the marvelous nation that that we have here, uh, you know it's there. There is a certain degree of risk. Some people will say that that uh, foreign operatives could potentially plant something in your luggage or whatever, or bring charges. And what? What can you do to disprove it? You know, you're you're in. Oh, we'll say, we'll say um, Toronto. There, there's a good place. You're in Toronto, but your attorney is on Riverside Drive in Binghamton. I, I mean, what recourse do you have? Your attorney is not going to, unless you pay lots of money, go up and help you in Toronto to get out of of a jam. If the Metropolitan Police say that you were in possession of, um, we'll just say, 10,000 pounds of fentanyl, and you've never seen fentanyl in your life, what are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Well, Bob, suppose you, let's take this scenario, you go up to Toronto, and you're in your trunk you've got unauthorized uh, moxie that you're taking across the border, and then you're, you're going to be uh, possibly traded in the future for, for some arms dealer. And all you did was take the best 
beverage uh, around across uh, the, the border. So things can happen. Well, things can happen. And actually, you know, not to put the onus on other great countries on this planet, but things can also happen here in the United States. I'm aware of uh, some situations that have happened where even in our hometown there have been problems. And, And so it's not, let's be clear, the world is not perfect. Problems can happen whether you're in Binghamton or Birmingham or Biloxi or Beirut. So well, uh, the only thing I can say is do your best to become familiar with all the laws. I had a, a conversation, by the way, with a police chief just the other day. It seems as though it was just 36 hours ago, and I was speaking with a local police chief who told me just how difficult it is to keep up with the ever-changing laws in New York State, even for the police chief and for his personnel. And, and that's one of the things that makes it tough to be in law enforcement. The, the legislature is always making adjustments. Look, you know, a few years ago, if you got caught with weed, you could be in trouble. Now, you could be smoking weed in front of the police station, and it's no problem. So laws change uh, regardless of where you are. And that's why, say, even if you go to Russia, and I know, fortunately for uh, Brittany Griner, she, I guess, is going to be able to come back to this great country soon. I don't know when she's due to arrive but she should be back here soon but i would strongly strongly recommend to her don't travel outside this country for at least 10 years because there's just a potential for problems and i think it's sad because i believe she enjoyed playing basketball in russia when she wasn't playing basketball here in the u.s but she may have to make some adjustments in her her plans because at this stage, I don't think it's advisable for her to go outside the U.S. because potentially she could get jammed up again, rightfully or wrongly. And I, I don't even, you know, who knows the full circumstances. I guess we'll have to wait for uh, Brittany Griner's exclusive primetime interview with Oprah on a Sunday night during the sweeps. Next sweeps will be in February, so I'm sure CBS is already booking a Sunday night time slot at 8 o'clock right after 60 minutes for Oprah's exclusive interview with Brittany Griner. The real story. The untold truths. So, uh. Well, the screenplay people are working on it. They're working on the movie, I'm sure. Already. Oh, they prop. You know, the truth is somebody somewhere already has a TV miniseries already pre-produced. They just have to tack on the last six minutes of the ending. Probably be ready to, to show on Fox on um, Sunday night. You can't show good programs on Friday or Saturday night on TV because not many people, not the, anyway, the uh, people in the demo, the people that advertisers want to reach, they're not watching TV on Fridays or Saturdays, so you have to save it for Sunday night on Fox. So they'll have, you know, the, they, they can call it something Britney based on a true story. And they don't even have to use her last name. Or, you know, who else already probably has a show in the can, so to speak, is uh, the kid who does Law & Order. Law & Order. Tonight on it. Wait, does Law & Order even... I, I think Law & Order is on Thursdays, isn't it? So, um, 
Dick Wolf, the the brain behind Law and Order, he probably already has a Law and Order episode to go tonight at ten on NBC. Well, Rip, Bob, ripped from the headlines. Britney? Who's, who's going to play Britney? She's so tall. I mean, we don't have tall actors. Like jo- that the, oh, George Stephanopoulos. His wife is very tall too. She's. I, I can't remember, but somebody told me that um, George Stephanopoulos, who, of course, is tall, but his wife is even taller, so they could get, um, and I don't recall her name, but she's she's been on TV, so I could see her being cast as Brittany Griner tonight. Law and order, ripped from the headlines. And then they could do some sort of thing where she shows up playing for a, a fictional women's basketball team at a college, a university in upstate New York called Parlor Town. Parlor Town University. <laughs> you said uh, George Stephanopoulos is tall? You're, you're, being, you're kidding, right? George I think he's tall. He's... No, he's not tall. He's short. He carries, he carries a little stepladder with him when he goes out with his wife. George Stephanopoulos... You got. You're thinking of someone else, Bob. Says uh, his wife. Her name is Allie Wentworth. Allie. She uh, claims she's a comedian. Here on the internet, she's a comedian, and that's funny. I didn't know that. But um, and let's see. I don't think it says how tall she is. Well, but but I, I'm told she's she is taller than her husband. That's what I'm told. And he's always looked up to her. But then that was that was the way I always felt about George Elmer Pataki. Anytime he was in town, that one time when he was uh, flinging steaks from Maine's over at the the steak bash in West Endicott, he, um, yeah, I looked up to him. I said, medium rare. And he said, all right, Raj, here you go. Raj? He thought you were Raj. Yeah, if he knew if he knew he was serving Bob Joseph, it wouldn't have gone so well. I'm kidding. George Pataki and I had a very special relationship. It's nine forty. Tom Libus, the late Tom Libus, if he were here, he would tell you about my relationship with George Pataki. When Pataki was governor, there was a very interesting scenario witnessed by Senator Libus and he and I frequently shared a laugh about how George Pataki was so afraid to answer questions from a little Binghamton reporter that he deployed his big bulky security detail and these are guys you know the people on the governor's security detail, they all played football, at least in high school and probably at the college level. So they're big, bulky, beefy. Because he didn't want to answer some off-topic questions from me. He still, in the end, he still did. But, um, yeah, that's that's how your tax dollars are used with the executive security detail, trying to keep reporters from asking relevant questions of a very important governor 941 bob joseph reminiscing with you on wnbf
it's finally Thursday. Thank goodness it's Thursday, December 8th, with Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. Said too much. Hmm. That doesn't apply to me. 944 at WNBF 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to contact the Nerve Center, this radio program. Also, Bob at WNBF.com is the email address. Let's peruse the emails. <laughs> ah, Jesse from Owego. Must be nice. Oh, the subject line from Jesse and Owego is holier than thou. Must be nice. Being an anti-American basketball player, so a Russian arms dealer gets swapped for what she is. Imagine if we got arrested in Russia and locked away in a gulag. No one would know over here and would give us the time of day. But you, being an investigative journalist and a talk show host, you would have a better chance than me of getting swapped out. Jesse, I'm not so sure about that. There might actually be a movement afoot in Binghamton and elsewhere in New York State and even in other parts of the United States of America to actually send me. (laughs) To send me to Russia with like three gallons of cannabis oil. Bob, here. Free flight. Why don't you you spend the holidays here? Here's a ticket. And I get through the airport, the greater Moscow airport. (laughs) I'm pulled aside by the security kid. And he says, "Uh, anything to declare in your luggage? And be like, no, no. I did bring this six-ounce can of Moxie soda, but that's not on the verboten list so uh, i'm good to go and and he says well wait a second what's this three gallon jug of cannabis oil in your luggage sir you're like i don't know i've never seen cannabis oil well you got three gallons in your luggage and i think i know (laughs) who would have packed the luggage it's like should never never have allowed him to pack my luggage. It's somebody you would trust, but, you know, it's like... And then I call the State Department for my one phone call. Hey, Nick, uh, what's his name? I think he's retired now from the State Department. I, I met him, actually, at the U.S. Embassy in Athens, Greece. And, uh, oh, Nick. Nicholas Burns. I think he's now retired. I don't think he works for the State Department anymore, but I would still drop his name because he and I did get along famously when I interviewed him at the U.S. Embassy in Athens, Greece a few years back. So I would drop his name when I called the State Department switchboard, and they would be like, oh, yeah, you're the guy from Binghamton who got caught with three gallons of cannabis oil. Click. (laughs) So, yeah, Jesse, I don't 
don't see much hope of me ever getting out of a jam in Russia. Dennis writes about Brittany Griner, notable that she was released from a Russian prison, but not Paul Whelan, who has been imprisoned for a much longer period of time, proof that fame and fortune get you special treatment, even in the Oval Office. And Dennis, that part is actually true. I know it comes as a shock to some of our listeners, but in the U.S. and actually in virtually any country on the planet, Fame and fortune will get you special treatments. not unique to the U.S., and I think it's true. Wherever you go, fame and fortune always get you special treatment. So if you're a well-known and beloved athlete or a well-known and beloved entertainer or even, believe it or not, a well-known and beloved elected official, if you get in a jam in Russia... They're probably going to give your case higher priority than, say, a case for the rest of us. So that that is actually 100% true. Special treatment for people who possess fame and fortune. 949 WNBF. WNBF.com. Grammy win. Herschel Walker. Morning, Herschel Walker. If you're listening to us in Georgia, you can call us now at 607-772-1290. Good morning, folks, and it is a good morning. Moments ago, standing together with her, wife Sherelle, uh, in the Oval Office, I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones, and, uh, and she should have been there all along. This is a day we've worked toward for a long time. We never stopped pushing for her release. It took painstaking and intense negotiations, and I want to thank all the hardworking public servants across my administration who worked tirelessly to secure her release. I also want to thank the UAE for helping us facilitate Brittany's return, because that's where she landed. These past few months have been hell for Brittany and for Charlie and, uh, and her entire family and all her teammates back home. People all across the country have learned about Brittany's story, advocated for her release, stood with her through, throughout this terrible ordeal. And I know that support meant a lot to her family. I'm glad to be able to say that Brittany's in good spirits. She uh, She's relieved to finally be heading home. And the fact remains that she's lost months of her life, experienced the needless trauma. And she deserves space, privacy, and time with her loved ones to recover and heal from her time being wrongfully detained. Brittany is, uh, is an incomparable athlete, a two-time Olympic gold medalist for Team USA, she endured mistreatment and a show at a, and a show trial in Russia with characteristic grit and incredible dignity. She represents the best America, best about America. It is across the board, everything about her. She wrote to me back in July. She didn't ask for special treatment, even though we've been working on a release from the day one. She requested a simple quote, please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. 
We never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whelan, who's been unjustly detained in Russia for years. This was not a choice of which American to bring home. We brought home Trevor Reed when we had a chance early this year. Sadly, for totally illegitimate reasons, Russia is treating Paul's case differently than Brittany's. And while we have not yet succeeded in securing Paul's release, we are not giving up. We will never give up. We remain in close touch with Paul's family, the Whelan family. And my thoughts and prayers are with them today. They have to have such mixed emotions today. And we'll keep negotiating in good faith for Paul's release. I guarantee that. I say that to the family. I guarantee you. And I urge Russia to do the same to ensure that Paul's health and and humane treatment are maintained until we are able to bring him home. Well, there you have it, President Joe Biden, with the announcement of the release of Brittany Griner and the commitment to expedite the release of Paul Whelan. And, of course, we'll continue to follow the latest developments on the stories from Russia and elsewhere throughout the day here on News Radio WNBF. By the way, we will be talking more about the um, developments with the release of Brittany Griner between now and noon on our program, and, of course, more insight into the situation on our other programs today on WNBF, including Dan Bongino at noon, Sean Hannity at 3, and Mark Levin at 6. This is News Radio WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Joseph Live, WNBF at 9.57 on your Thursday morning. And of course, uh, you probably have heard the reports on WNBF News, or maybe you saw our coverage on WNBF.com with uh, Binghamton Police, including the specialized unit known as the SWAT team, uh, responding to downtown Binghamton to address a situation that developed around 1 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. At one point, calls came in to 911 suggesting that a woman was waving a handgun around Uh, downtown Binghamton near the YWCA building at Hawley and Exchange. So police quickly responded to that area to see what the story was. And uh, evidently, the woman uh, went a few blocks away, and um, people said that she wound up inside an apartment at the Woodburn Court to complex at Susquehanna and Carroll Streets. Initially, she declined to um, come out of the apartment to talk with the officers. So uh, the police displayed um, patience and followed uh, proper procedures 
for a situation like this, and SWAT units were called to the scene, and after a little less than an hour, the woman did emerge. I, I was able to see her come out of um, the apartment building, and they, uh, of course, instructed her to have her hands in the air and then move back slowly, slowly, slowly toward the direction of the voice. And she did. And the situation was resolved. It was certainly a a tense situation, but I commend the uh, Binghamton police officers as well as the uh, members of the SWAT unit, which includes officers from other agencies who participated in the um, that operation yesterday afternoon. Uh, everybody is well, and I believe she'll be getting some assistance because it was uh, described as a, a an apparent mental health issue. It's ten o'clock. This is News Radio WNBF, where news breaks first. News Radio twelve ninety WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, again, a mostly cloudy day for today. Temperatures a little bit more seasonable. Instead of the 50s, we're looking at the low to mid 40s. No injuries are reported after a woman held police in a standoff at an apartment in downtown Binghamton for about an hour yesterday afternoon. Witnesses had reported seeing a person pointing a handgun in the air near the downtown YWCA building at Holly and Exchange Streets at around 1 yesterday afternoon. The woman went into the apartment in Building E at the massive Woodburn Court 2 complex at Susquehanna and Carroll Streets and refused to come out to speak with officers. SWAT units were then called in. Shortly after 2 p.m., the woman emerged from the building and surrendered. Authorities say the woman had suffered a mental health crisis and was taken for evaluation. New York State Police are now releasing the names of those involved in that fatal tractor-trailer passenger van crash near the Chobani Yogurt Factory in Shenango County on Monday. Authorities say the passenger in the van who was killed when the vehicle hit the tractor-trailer as it was turning from State Route 8 onto County Route 25 was 22-year-old Jasmine Morrison of Rome, New York. The driver of the van who suffered non-life-threatening injuries is 24-year-old Tyler Stewart of Lee Center, New York. He was taken to a hospital in Syracuse for treatment. His condition is not known. The driver of the tractor-trailer who was not injured is identified as 38-year-old Chad Alkashakis of Sherburn. The investigation into the 11 a.m. December 5th crash is continuing. A number of political camps are weighing in on a ruling by Supreme Court Justice Joseph McBride tossing out Broome County's redrawing of its legislative district maps, while the county executive, Jason Garner, is holding back any comments as the situation develops. Democrat legislator Mark Whalen tells WMBF News he fully expects the Republicans to file an appeal to the ruling that threw out the redrawn lines on claims of gerrymandering, especially in the dividing of the town of Maine into three districts that Whalen says is clearly in violation of the state law preserving towns in a single unit. Democratic Broome County Commissioner of Elections Dan Reynolds says the ruling left a lot of unanswered questions with the judge just sending the map back to the county to deal with. Statewide redrawing of district lines ended with a special master being called in to rework the map separately. However, it looks like the Broome County Committee may be reformed. Republican 
Legislative leader, also named Dan Reynolds, issued a statement expressing disappointment with the decision and says they're evaluating their options after meeting with the county attorney. A town of Lyle woman is accused of child abuse. Broome County Sheriff's officials say they have arrested 30-year-old Jordan Smith. Following reports of possible abuse in her home, authorities say Smith is charged with felony aggravated sexual abuse, felony assault, and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child. New York State's Attorney General says her office is taking the allegations of sexual harassment against her former chief of staff, Ibrahim Khan, seriously. The Democrat, Letitia James, issued a statement yesterday thanking the women who made the accusations for coming forward. James says, quote, I want to assure them that they were heard and that I believe them. James says her office quickly took disciplinary action, putting Khan under restrictions and engaged an outside law firm for an impartial review. Khan resigned as chief of staff but has denied the accusations and said his resignation was not related to the claims of inappropriate touching and unwanted kissing. Critics have claimed the attorney general hid the investigation in order to win re-election. A new law in New York could lower the hammer on more unwanted telemarketing calls. The measure signed this week by Governor Kathy Hochul requires telemarketers to give customers the option to be added to the company's do-not-call list at the start of certain telemarketing calls instead of giving the option, in the rare case the recipient remains on the line, at the end of the pitch. In the past, the person on the receiving end of the unwanted calls would often hang up before getting the option, leaving the line open for continued calls from the company. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly cloudy today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. On Friday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Sunday, back to clouds and a 70% chance of rain and snow, a high in the upper 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live at WNBF on a Thursday morning. 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to talk on WNBF. Well, it seems uh, President Biden now is batting not just a thousand, but whatever is above a thousand. He's got, um, let's see, the release of Brittany Griner. That's his latest feather in his presidential cap. Um, what else? Oh, the the Senate. Senate is now controlled by the Democrat Party. Fifty one forty nine, at least starting in January, uh, instead of uh, the fifty fifty tie. So. Of course, Senator Manchin is unhappy about that, and Senator Sinema is displeased, I'm sure, because her ability to uh, gum up the works has been <clears throat> adversely affected. So, too bad, man. Uh, what else? Oh, gas prices. We see gas prices now have plummeted to below, below where they were 
one year ago. So despite the Putin war, the high tax uh, imposed by President Putin because of his vicious, vicious campaign against Ukraine, even with all that, the price of gas in the United States of America at this moment is lower than it was on December 8th, 2021. So, it seems like whatever it is he's doing is working. Of course, there will be the naysayers, there will be the nattering nabobs of negativism who will come along and criticize the guy from Scranton. And that's to be expected. As you know, whoever the president is at any given time, he or she is always subject to criticism. That's the American way. So we would not expect the people who dislike Joe Biden to cease and desist. If anything, with this recent record of success, the outrage, the nastiness, and more will only become louder and louder to the point where even your mute button won't work. You'll still hear it. Gotta go back to the cable store. A mute button ain't working. Just the noise. The noise, no matter what happens. Will there be any kind of praise from the Republic Party? I doubt it. I doubt it. Coming up next, we'll talk about your health. What you need to know about the tridemic. Is it a triple pandemic or a tridemic with some serious concerns as we head into winter? We'll have information about protecting yourself and your family. We'll be speaking with Chelsea Riom Nedlick from the Broome County Health Department. It's coming up live on this Thursday morning at News Radio WNBF. When I. COVID, the flu, RSV, who knows what's next. Bottom line is, there are some things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones. Joining us now to talk about the uh, situation in Broome County and elsewhere in New York State is Chelsea Riom Nedlick, a public health educator with the Broome County Health Department. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you feeling today? feeling nice and healthy. How about you? Likewise. My temperature is 98.6. That sounds perfect. I am. (laughs) Perfectly healthy. Anyway, that could all change, though. I mean, the bottom line is you might feel well one day or even well at 10, 16 in the morning, and then something can happen. We always have to take steps to um, try to reduce the risk, whether it's the spread of COVID or influenza or even RSV. Tell us a little bit about what people should keep in mind here as we um, move forward into the holiday season and ultimately um, with um, cold conditions keeping us uh, inside uh, more than, than we have been in recent months. So this is a really critical time, in particular in this flu season. Um, And, you know, COVID and RSV are also circulating. So we've just come out of Thanksgiving, and we've seen 
flu cases, COVID cases increasing um, in Broome County across the United States. Um, we know that RSV is also circulating quite widely. Um, and a lot of those increases are probably fueled by Thanksgiving gatherings. So while those cases remain high, we're flowing into the holiday and New Year season. And so we should be on high alert that as we're gathering with loved ones this season, that there may be more respiratory illnesses circulating than usual. Um, so it's really important to take steps to protect yourself when you're seeing your friends and family this season. Um, <clears throat> the first and foremost thing you can do is get vaccinated. Um, there is not a vaccine available for RSV, but as most people are aware, there is a vaccine available for influenza and COVID-19. Well, that's good anyway. One thing that um, I've heard in the last few days is suddenly millions of New Yorkers are being advised to start wearing masks again indoors. Now, that guidance from the CDC at the moment does not appear to apply to the southern tier, to the Binghamton area, but it does apply to the counties of Long Island and also uh, for much of New York City. So tell us a little bit about what that means and also what it might uh, portend as we go forward uh, throughout this month and even into the winter. Do you think that uh, it, it may become necessary for that sort of uh, indoor masking guidance to be reinstated in our area? It's possible. So the CDC has really streamlined their COVID-19 recommendations and um, they publish updated recommendations once a week for every county in the United States. And <clears throat> those recommendations are based on um, a few different factors and have to do with the number of cases that a county is experiencing as well as hospitalizations. So we may see an increase in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in Broome County that move us into that high alert level of the CDC. And that's where that recommendation comes from. If we're in that red high alert level, then that means transmission of COVID-19 is high and we should take additional measures to protect ourselves while transmission is high. And that would include wearing a mask indoors. That's not a requirement. It's a recommendation, but it's a good recommendation if you're in public spaces. How are Broome County's okay. hospitals doing in terms of um, what increased numbers of patients that might be uh, admitted due to either COVID or flu or even RSV? Do you know what the, the trends have been over the last few days? I am not familiar with the trends in the last few days, but I do know across New York State we are seeing um, increased admissions due to respiratory illnesses. I don't have an exact number I can put on local hospital data, though. As a public health educator, do you think the public is getting tired of hearing about all this? We are definitely experiencing COVID fatigue, um, you know, as a community, as a country. Uh, but I would urge people not to let that fatigue uh spur you into not taking action. Um, there's very easy things we can do to protect ourselves from COVID-19. And, you know, even if we let our guard down, uh, you know, COVID can, and flu and RSV can creep in and make us sick. So I would recommend doing these very simple steps. Um, you know, get your flu shot if you haven't already. The CDC keeps data on flu shots, and it shows year after year flu shots really decrease after November because there's that big push 
in September and October to get your flu shot. Um, but it's not too late if you haven't gotten it already. So I encourage you to get your flu shot. I encourage you to get your COVID vaccines that you're due for. So if you've never had a COVID vaccine, I urge you to consider one. If you have had your primary series, but you're not up to date with your boosters, now's a good time to get a booster. You can get COVID and flu shots together. Um, stay home if you're feeling sick. I know it's really tempting to go out and see friends and family, especially during the holiday season, but if you're not feeling well, then it's a good idea to take a pass and maybe reschedule um, and avoid contact with sick people if you can. So if you know that you know one of your friends is under the weather and you have plans with them, maybe propose rescheduling when they're feeling better. And then, of course, the usual, um, wash your hands well, um, consider wearing a mask in public, like we mentioned, and if you're going to cough or sneeze, do it in your elbow, not your hand. What about COVID tests? Do people uh, take COVID tests anymore, or have people stopped doing that? There are still people taking COVID home tests, and they do report those to us at the Broome County Health Department. Uh, so we thank you if you are doing that. It helps us have a better idea of um, you know the level of COVID in our community and also allows folks to get paperwork that they need for school or work. Um, so uh, people are still taking COVID tests. People are still getting tested with their doctors or at pharmacies, and we still receive those test results. If you're looking for a COVID home test um, for free, then you can get them here at the Broome County Health Department, actually. We have a very large number of COVID home tests sitting right by our front entrance, actually. You can come in, grab them, and walk out the door. They're free. You don't even need to talk to anyone if you don't want to. Is that only for Broome County residents? Um, I mean, we're not monitoring who's coming into the door. Uh, we expect that it's mostly Broome County residents coming in since we're located in Binghamton. Oh, somebody just handed me this note. Can you use a COVID home test past its expiration date? So there is some confusion about COVID home test expiration dates because what is printed on the box might actually not be the expiration date because the FDA has extended the expiration date of many COVID home tests. So in order to find out if the test that you have is still good to use, you can go to the FDA's website and it has a very handy tool where you can look up the brand of test you have and the lot number, which will also be printed on the box of your test. And from there, you can see if the expiration date has been extended and if so, when it has been extended to. So it does require that extra step of looking it up online, but it's a good thing to do, especially if you've spent money on your home tests. You don't want to just throw that away if it's still good. So in the next three or four weeks, are, are there any new health alerts that you expect are going to be issued from what you're hearing from inside sources in the public health sector? Will there be any kind of new things, even separate from COVID and the flu and RSV, that we'll need to worry about? There's nothing on my radar, but, you know, that could change at any time. Uh, you know, that, that's not me being cryptic. That's just me saying we didn't see the COVID pandemic coming. So, uh, you know, 
the past few years have shown us that public health threats can emerge quite rapidly. Um, but I would say that the most concerning situation that we're seeing right now is the increase in respiratory illnesses, um, you know, in particular the flu. Uh, we've seen quite a dramatic increase in cases this year compared to the last two years. Uh, so we want to remain vigilant about that and take steps to protect ourselves. Well, I'm still closely monitoring some of the ongoing wastewater uh, tests in uh, parts of New York State because they're still detecting traces of polio in some of those uh, samples in recent mm-hmm. days. Yeah, that's right. Polio remains a concern in New York State um, since there was a case detected in uh downstate New York this summer. Um, My recommendation to folks is if you have a child who is not up to date on their polio vaccine, um, for whatever reason, um, I know a lot of kids got behind during the pandemic because it was hard to go to doctor's offices or we were a little afraid to, um, get your children up to date on the polio vaccines as soon as possible. And if you're an adult who is unsure of your polio vaccine status, um, it's worth having a conversation with your healthcare provider to see if you might need to um, get those vaccines or, um, you know, pursue some avenues for tracking down your immunization record. Chelsea Riom Nedlick with Broome County Health Department. Thank you for the information. You're very welcome, Bob. Thank you. It's 1026. This is Bob Joseph live on a Thursday morning. Your turn is coming up. If you want to turn, go ahead, take it, 607-772-1290. Or you also are offered this opportunity to send an email to the host of the program, bob at wnbf.com. Together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown. Although our love is still special, let's take a chance and fly away. Somewhere alone. It's been too long since we took the time. No one's to blame. I know time flies so quickly. WNBF on your Thursday morning. This is Bob Joseph. Back to the phones with Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Bob, uh, how did they get that girl out from Russia? They swapped her. It was a a prisoner swap for uh, an arms dealer. So uh, the Russians get back um, an arms dealer, and we get back uh, a talented American basketball player. Oh, so it was a swap. Uh, 
Yeah, and that's how it works. That's how it works. If and it's uh, how it's long not, was she there? Oh, I don't know. A long time, months and months and months. It's, well, I'm glad it, she's it, coming home. Well, I'm glad she's coming home too. But the the thing is, it seems like a long time to me, and that's just based on how long we've been covering the story. Imagine how terrible it's been for her. That's think that's think that's about that's it, because those those Russians, the guys that run the all right, I don't want to be sexist, the men and women who run the Russian um, detention facilities, jails, prisons, where, wherever she was being held, they don't um, they don't really treat people well, uh, generally speaking, from what we're told. Based on the information of what we're told, um, they just don't treat people well at all. And, and so it's got to be just uh, horrific what she's had to experience. And I, I would think it's going to take her... Oh, um, a long time, weeks or months, before she can sort of get reacclimated to um, to life. And she'll probably, I, I would think, she probably will still carry scars of, um, of this experience well, for a long time. Well, so according, yeah, I, I just had to look this up. I couldn't remember... Um, when she was arrested, so I just looked it up. She was arrested on February 17th. Wow. So she has been in custody, in Russian custody, for most of this year. Oh, God, that's a long time. Well, it's terrible. It's terrible. And the Russians had no business detaining her, even if she violated their law. They should have just told her, Hey, you violated our law, knowingly or unknowingly. So here you go. We're taking, you know, they they shouldn't give her the uh, whatever that was, hash oil or whatever it was. They shouldn't give it back to her. If it was illegal, they should have said, "Look, look, you got to leave. Just we'll we'll give you a, a nice dinner." And we'll treat you well until we can arrange for your flight back to the United States. But don't come back here anymore because you violated our law. And so we're going to ask you not to return. We're sorry for the inconvenience, but everybody needs to respect Russian law. And that's the way it should have been handled, I think. All right. I mean, you've got to show people some some sympathy cut them a break i mean i'm not saying that they should have said oh oh hash oil go right ahead you're you're well known you're Brittany griner um excellent basketball player and beloved by people around the world so we're gonna not have the rules apply to you the rules have to apply to everyone but they they would have been well within their rights to say please Brittany or ms griner or however she wanted to be referred to, please just uh, know that uh, this is a violation. When you return to the United States, let other people know not to bring um, cannabis oil or whatever it is into into Russia to avoid problems. 
well, that's that's sad that that happened. But mm, it's terrible. I thought maybe it's, it's it's terrible. You know. Yeah. You, know, you can't. You can't. You can't trust these countries. Well, it's not a question of can you trust a country. I mean, if the tables had been turned and a Russian athlete had shown up in the United States of America with something that was illegal here, this country probably would have done the same thing. Or maybe worse. Probably not worse, but they probably... Look, if if a Russian basketball player showed up in the United States with fentanyl, do you think they would uh, say, oh, go right ahead, It's you're a great basketball player in Russia, so... Go right ahead and bring bring fentanyl into the United States, even though it's illegal. I mean, come on, man. We wouldn't we wouldn't let the guy just go with a slap on the wrist. So, or I don't think we would. I, I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen so, because I don't. What, is, what did what did this other guy do that that uh, that Russian was willing to switch for him? Oh, he's an arms dealer. He deals in uh, weapons. Oh, I see. Victor Victor Bow. And by the way, I don't know if it's Victor Bowd or Victor Boot. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, he was serving a citizen. Uh, uh, he was serving a prison sentence here, and he is. They say he is a notorious arms dealer. He was known as the Merchant of Death. He was convicted in 2011 of conspiracy to kill Americans and then sentenced to 15 years in prison. So that's the type of guy he is. Jeez. So, oh, oh, he can he can go back and uh, he can go back to Russia, but he'll still be in prison, won't he? In Russia? Yeah. I doubt it. I mean, that might be the right thing to do, since he was convicted of being a merchant of death. might be nice of Russia to have him serve out the rest of his sentence in the same place where they were detaining Brittany Griner. That, that might be justice, but I don't think it's going to happen. But who knows? You know, thing, The thing I can tell you about Vladimir Putin is he's very unpredictable. Oh, I know that my my grandmother my grandmother told me some stories about the people in Russia. See, see, my first grandfather he was born in Russia, but but my grandmother and him weren't married, and he uh, he escaped, and he uh, uh, he went to Austria, and he was there for for quite a while, and he got my aunt. My my aunt and my grandmother out out of Austria and sent her and got her into Germany and then he went back and never returned. You know, she told me some some stories about ha- what happened. And she said they were probably they were probably very very hard on him at that time. And he was probably about twenty. Oh, probably about twenty-five years old, and and he, uh, they wouldn't let her get married in the United States because they were afraid that he was coming, that he was uh, that he was coming here 
So she had to wait 10 years before she got married. Well, you know, what can I say? Life isn't fair. No, but you learn a lot of history if you if you if you do a, if you go back and and do do a family tree you'll 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 learn a lot of history. I mean, uh, some is good and some isn't so good. You know the way they treated people in the times and so forth. You know. Well, well things know, things sometimes change for the better, but sometimes things can also get worse. All I can say is people need to respect the law. That's what Bill Parker told me when I was on the Officer Bill show when I was a little kitty over at 50 Front Street on Channel 12, WNBF-TV. Bill Parker, Officer Bill, told me personally, always respect the law. And that's... An excellent piece of advice. 1039 at News Radio WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph, live on your Thursday morning. You're listening to 921 FM, 1290 AM, or maybe, maybe just now you're listening on the free WNBF app. You wash your hands. WNBF, stop in the name of the law. <laughs> at uh, 1040, let's uh, take a gander at some of the other fine messages being received electronically here. Email. The unneeded rules of Binghamton. Hey, Bob, today I heard John from Binghamton talk about the things the city doesn't need to enforce 24-7. Garbage bags, winter parking rules, etc. As you know, I live on a street that is two municipalities and glad I don't live in the other, which would result in paying more for services. Eh, check out their rates. Well, that's true. And he does live on that mysterious street. The strange street that, uh, say, if you call the police... They have to go into Johnson City to get to his street. It's near the Arch. So part of it's in the village of Johnson City, and part of it's in the city of Binghamton. Um, He writes, In 2012, I had to overhaul my kitchen and installed a garbage disposal and reduced my cost of refuse service since I pay only for what I put out. As for the winter parking, which does not change on my street, but is needed on other two-way city streets like West End Avenue, now the other municipality has the same winter parking rules too. City rules need to be consistent and not random for good enforcement. So thank you, Mylan. Now, what else? What else? Oh, here's a here's another regarding alternate side Parking. Hi, Bob. Tommy from Binghamton here. Some of your listeners have expressed concern about parking regulations in Binghamton with specific reference to seasonal alternate side parking. In a perfect world, 
These persons would have an opportunity to do a ride-around with sanitation crews, plow crews, ambulance crews, fire crews, and public works crews. If they did so, I believe they might appreciate the effort being made to keep the streets safe and traversable throughout the entire year. One listener said we should Google search to see if any other communities have similar rules for parking. He also suggested parking fines were being levied to produce discretionary revenue in City Hall. I don't know if he suggested that or if I suggested it. I think I might have said something like, gee, they're making a lot of money there. Um, So anyway, one might uh, want to Google which communities in New York State are capable of auditing their local system of traffic fines, and if so whether that information is being made available to constituents. Um, I'll say I, I'm always amazed, and maybe I shouldn't be amazed. I guess, I guess I'm just disappointed. I am truly, truly amazed, though, consistently at how little information, just routine information, how it would be so easy for local governments whether it's the city of Binghamton or the villages or local towns or the county or whatever, local governments could, if they wanted to, just routinely post basic information. Some people would say, well, Bob, that would mean a lot of extra work. Well, initially it would because you would have to make a provision on the home page of the website to actually have people see this information. So, yes, there would be initially a little bit of um, workload to fix your website so it actually belongs in 2022 as opposed to many of the websites that we're treated to around here by local governments. So you pay whatever it takes to get a modern website Prepare it for 2023. 2023 is coming up in a few weeks, so get a nice user-friendly website. And also, as it's being designed, include features that would have uh, a lot of detailed information, constantly updated. And it could be done after that fairly simply because these statistics, whether it's parking tickets, fines, whatever, crimes, how about crimes, ongoing real-time crime statistics. All these numbers are routinely being kept in our local government. Well, Bob, they can't release them because it's got to be a secret. I know, I know, that's, that's the prevailing wisdom in local governments. We can't tell you how many tickets are being issued, or we can't tell you how many cars have been broken into in the last month at the parking garages. We can't tell you how many people have had their houses burglarized over the last six months. We can't tell you anything, because it's a big secret. But keeping in mind that the government exists to serve the people who pay the bills... It shouldn't be that big a secret. Now, I understand you can't put confidential information out there. You can't say, 
Oh, Bob Joseph received 22 speeding tickets in the last three months. You can't put that on your website because that would be an invasion of privacy. But you could put some statistics on there. And some people say, oh, Bob, if it's that big a deal, you can always foil the information. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. But don't get me started on that. 1047 at News Radio WNBF. Information should be free. That's government, basic government information. Again, not saying, you know, if you're conducting investigations or whatever, I'm not saying those things should be posted on the website. Those things, of course, should not be posted on the website. But certain things, certain routine reports, should always be accessible. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. When you try to obtain information from local government departments, first of all, most won't even take your call. That's the first hurdle. If by chance they take your call, they'll say, we can't tell you. There's one person who can tell you who also doesn't return calls. So, you know, there's, therein lies the rub. And people say, well, it's amazing how, how much information we used to get on local news compared to how much we get today. And there's a reason for that, two reasons. One, there are far fewer reporters today, so there's a big reason. Another big reason is the people who work for you in local government refuse to cooperate. They apply some Im- remarkable and consistent hurdles. So at the local, state, and federal level, the the types of information that we used to be able to get routinely is sometimes near impossible to get. Sometimes you actually get some information. Every once in a while, I'll be surprised. I'll think, well, here we go. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm trying to get some basic information for a story could be a special project that is coming up locally or whatever. So it should be handled in one or two phone calls. And yet, I, I have the, the sense that this will not be handled in one or two phone calls. In fact, it's likely to become impossible to get the information. Unless... Unless you have to go and do a workaround, which you can, but it's time-consuming. And that's, that's what government officials love. They, they know that most reporters these days don't have enough time to do basic research that used to be done for most stories. So the information that's being sought, if it's ever re- released, it'll be released in drips and drabs, or it'll be slow walked, and that way—that's—that's that's one of the best ways in a country that has freedom of the press. That's one of the best ways to keep Americans in the dark. We'll do everything in our power to make information very difficult to obtain by the public and by reporters. That's how we roll. 
in America in 2022. It's 1050. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF and WNBF.com. Looking for that. the opening theme for action news there for a second. 1052 WNBF, WNBF.com. And welcome to my world. Glad you're with us. Remember, this is uh, an exercise that is conducted every weekday morning from 9 to noon. Don't take it for granted. We won't always be here, but we are here for now, so... Always take advantage of your live local talk program. Yes, it's true. I I read of another city that once had a live local talk program, and then it disappeared, and then people were stunned. They said, oh, we should have called. (laughs) should have called when that program was on. Here's something. Speaking of news, um... Of course, I was. I always like the Thursday edition of the newspaper because of all the papers during the week, it always feels so beefy, so bulky, so full of promise. So you can imagine my excitement when I trudged outside to the puddle of mud where my newspaper was left this morning, a fine puddle of mud it was. Thankfully, we didn't get below freezing, so I was able to extricate my plastic-protected present sun bulletin from the puddle of mud and then think, wow, this is a really, really big paper. They must have some special reports and investigative things and all sorts of juicy things because I've been paying a lot of money to them this year. So I thought, oh, well, December 8th would be about the time that they release all the local stories they've been working on for me. And I thought, well, why didn't they save it for Sunday? Because that would make more sense because they sell more of their newspapers on Sunday. But anyway, so I I rush into the house and say, hey, look, doggies, this is the biggest newspaper I've seen on a Thursday in a long, long, long time. I should have put it on the scale because it it would have weighed in as a bulky paper. So, of course, I carefully wipe off the mud (laughs) from the plastic protective covering of my newspaper and then gingerly remove the paper and well you know what it turns out to be it turns out to be the same size i guess of the usual thursday paper maybe even a little bit smaller but the reason it felt so bulky is they had lots of advertising inserts of course advertising inserts are important to maintain the revenue stream so we always can have a great seven-day-a-week, excuse me, a great six-day-a-week newspaper. So ads don't bother me. I mean, look, America runs on advertising. Heck, we run on advertising. So I support support the business model where advertising helps to pay for journalism. It's 
That's a good thing. And then I look more closely. Okay, you have a couple of your expected ads, and then you've got nine. Remember, not three or six or eight. You have nine (laughs) of these 12-page inserts for some store locally. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's how you make your newspaper feel extra thick, extra juicy, extra promising. You just bulk it up with nine copies of a 12-page advertising insert. So I guess that works out to whatever. I could do the math, but okay. I guess it works out to 108 additional pages, but that's that's okay. I mean, heck. Heck, that's why that's why we have a recycling bucket. So I remember um, back in the day when I worked in the lucrative newspaper delivery industry before the, um, the inserts were automatically put into the newspapers, as they are now using state-of-the-art technology that allows you to receive anywhere from one to nine copies of a particular insert. But back in my day, when I was a kid, they didn't have those machines, so I actually, as a newspaper, as a proud evening press carrier and Sunday press carrier, had to actually manually put all the ad inserts in. And I was always certain. I always made sure that every copy of the paper received one advertising insert. (laughs) I know, you're saying... Bob, it's not that big a deal. No, it's definitely not that big a deal. It's just notable that here I I got my hopes up. I thought this is going to be the biggest press and sun bulletin in years, and turns out mm, not so much. Speaking of newspapers, the uh, journalist for the New York Times in Manhattan and elsewhere, they are out on strike, and I see a picture from the New York Times Guild. They've now posted a photo with looks like five members of the union in front of the New York Times building. It says New York Times walks out. So the people who are members of the New York Times Guild are on strike for 24 hours because they have not been able to reach a contract agreement. What they claim they want is a complete and fair contract. They said they wanted that by December 8th, so they didn't get it. And so as of midnight, about 11 hours ago, they walked off the job. But they say they'll be back on the job in 13 hours and two minutes. So that's good. Hopefully, both sides, the New York Times Company and representatives of the union, sit back down and work together to have a a real fair agreement for everybody, for the workers, for the company, and even for the news consumers. And I am glad to see at least some of the union members showed up outside the New York Times building in Manhattan today. When I was driving into work, I was listening to the updates on a New York City all-news station, and they said, 
So far, it's a virtual strike. They're having virtual picket lines. And I know it's 2022. But still, virtual picket lines, if you're on strike against the New York Times or any place else, virtual picket lines don't really call much attention to your situation. So, again, just a couple of minutes ago, the New York Times Guild posted a picture on Twitter, so it shows that at least five union members are there in front of the Times building, showing that they're on strike, and hopefully more of the members, maybe by noon, will show up to pick it. That's, that's how people know that workers aren't happy. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, again, a mostly cloudy day for today. Temperatures a little bit more seasonable. Instead of the 50s, we're looking at the low to mid 40s. No injuries are reported after a woman held police in a standoff at an apartment in downtown Binghamton for about an hour yesterday afternoon. Witnesses had reported seeing a person pointing a handgun in the air near the downtown YWCA building at Holly and Exchange Streets at around 1 yesterday afternoon. The woman went into the apartment in Building E at the massive Woodburn Court 2 complex at Susquehanna and Carroll Streets and refused to come out to speak with officers. SWAT units were then called in. Shortly after 2 p.m., the woman emerged from the building and surrendered. Authorities say the woman had suffered a mental health crisis and was taken for evacuation. Evaluation. New York State Police are now releasing the names of those involved in that fatal tractor-trailer passenger van crash near the Chobani Yogurt Factory in Shenango County on Monday. Authorities say the passenger in the van who was killed when the vehicle hit the tractor-trailer as it was turning from State Route 8 onto County Route 25 was 22-year-old Jasmine Morrison of Rome, New York. The driver of the van who suffered non-life-threatening injuries is 24-year-old Tyler Stewart of Lee Center, New York. He was taken to a hospital in Syracuse for treatment. His condition is not known. The driver of the tractor-trailer who was not injured is identified as 38-year-old Chad Alkashakis of Sherburn. The investigation into the 11 a.m. December 5th crash is continuing. A number of political camps are weighing in on a ruling by Supreme Court Justice Joseph McBride tossing out Broome County's redrawing of its legislative district maps, while the county executive, Jason Garner, is holding back any comments as the situation develops. Democrat legislator Mark Whalen tells WMBF News he fully expects the Republicans to file an appeal to the ruling that threw out the redrawn lines on claims of gerrymandering, especially in the dividing of the town of Maine into three districts that Whalen says is clearly in violation of the state law preserving towns in a single unit. Democratic Broome County Commissioner of Elections Dan Reynolds says the ruling left a lot of unanswered questions with the judge just sending the map back to the county to deal with. Statewide redrawing of district lines ended with a special master being called in to rework the map separately. However, it looks like the Broome County Committee may be reformed. Republican Legislative leader, also named Dan Reynolds, issued a statement expressing disappointment with the decision and says they're evaluating their options after meeting with the county attorney. A town of Lyle woman is accused of child abuse. Broome County Sheriff's officials say they have arrested 30-year-old Jordan Smith. 
Following reports of possible abuse in her home, authorities say Smith is charged with felony aggravated sexual abuse, felony assault, and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child. New York State's Attorney General says her office is taking the allegations of sexual harassment against her former chief of staff, Ibrahim Khan, seriously. The Democrat, Letitia James, issued a statement yesterday thanking the women who made the accusations for coming forward. James says, quote, I want to assure them that they were heard and that I believe them. James says her office quickly took disciplinary action, putting Khan under restrictions and engaged an outside law firm for an impartial review. Khan resigned as chief of staff but has denied the accusations and said his resignation was not related to the claims of inappropriate touching and unwanted kissing. Critics have claimed the attorney general hid the investigation in order to win re-election. A new law in New York could lower the hammer on more unwanted telemarketing calls. The measure signed this week by Governor Kathy Hochul requires telemarketers to give customers the option to be added to the company's do-not-call list at the start of certain telemarketing calls instead of giving the option, in the rare case the recipient remains on the line, at the end of the pitch. In the past, the person on the receiving end of the unwanted calls would often hang up before getting the option, leaving the line open for continued calls from the company. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly cloudy today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. On Friday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the low 40s. Sunday, back to clouds and a 70% chance of rain and snow, a high in the upper 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live and in living color on WNBF on your Thursday morning. Our number is 607-772-1290. What's on your mind? Let me know. Give me a call. 607-772-1290 or send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. Let's see. Of course, another... A story, and we touched on it with our conversation a little earlier with Chelsea Reum Nedlick from the Broome County Health Department masking. Everybody gets excited anytime you talk about the prospect of masking again. And now millions of New Yorkers are being advised to. Go buy some more masks because the COVID cases are rising. So right now, that's most of New York City and Long Island, but how long is it going to be before the Centers for Disease Control suggest to good people like us that we have to begin wearing masks here at the station? Right? Have you ever tried to do a radio program with a mask? I did try it. I didn't like it, so I stopped. I stopped after trying uh, for a few minutes because it, it just gave gave the program a certain je ne sais quoi. Anyway, if you're going to be indoors in uh, most of New York City or Long Island in the coming weeks, you 
are being encouraged or advised to wear a mask, according to the CDC, because of the rising number of cases of COVID. And as far as will they extend the guidance to Broome County and Tioga County and Shenango and Delaware County and Susquehanna County soon? I don't know. As they say on the radio, stay tuned. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Mike from Endicott. Morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Well, I just uh, heard the news this morning about that exchange that we did with the Russians. And I think our president did a horrible thing. Uh, it would be that trade, you know, no matter what that uh, player, you no know, basketball player did, whatever her relationship or you know, national racist, not, not racist, but uh, ethnic background, doesn't matter. Uh, it's American, which is true. But uh, they should have got both people out of there because um, it would be like trading Aaron Judge for a little league player. People know who Aaron Judge is for the Yankees and getting a little league player. They traded a murderer, a, a, a evil person, for a person who uh, is not equal to that as far as uh, you know what they got in exchange. And I think the American public should be totally dissatisfied with what's going on and make their opinions noted to the government. So what should they do? Call Joe Biden? Well, they, they, they should call the representatives and get some things going that maybe the American people have to start expressing how we really feel. You know, you go in a grocery store now and you hear people talking more about what's going on in our government, in our country anymore than you ever heard in the last 20 years. You know, you go into a store, you don't hear about, you know, how the kids are doing or how this is going on or, you know, how our town looks in nice shape. It's all about, you know, I can't afford this. Uh, if inflation and other things that are going on, which we never experienced before, and we should never have experienced it now. And I think the American Just public- remember, when Richard Milhouse Nixon was president, inflation was going along at a very, very high clip. So Richard Milhouse Nixon, a Republican, even went so far is to slap wage and price controls on this great country. What kind of a person does that? But he did it. He did it, even though most Americans didn't find it satisfying. He did it because inflation was out of control. So people who come on the program and assert that we've never had inflation like this before, hey, you have to look at history. It wasn't that long ago that America did have inflation like this during the Nixon administration, the Ford administration. Uh, President Ford put out those uh, wild wild buttons the red and white buttons whip inflation now win what did that do well it it helped probably employ five people at the metal button factory but hey we've had these challenges before inflation has always been with us from time to time we actually went through a few decades where we were extraordinarily fortunate to have uh, very low inflation Inflation I, th- inflation, I think, that typically was uh, around 2%, which is viewed as healthy for an economy. But we were we were very lucky well, for, for a long time. But I think our president it really is really not taking serious consideration of really what's going on in our country. Hasn't visited the borders. Has- what can he do at the border? You know, if he visited the border, you would say, oh, it's just a photo op. And what good is that? And that's that's exactly what... 
what it would be. It would be a photo op. Oh, look, he's on the t- TV visiting the border, so he checked off that box. Doesn't mean that policy changed at all. So he'd be criticized by by people for that, for wasting money going to the border, probably taking um, the immigration and border protection people, taking away their their operations or their focus probably for at least a day or two because of a presidential visit and the security that'd be required. He can't win. He can't win because he hasn't done a thing. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Bob, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for your observations. It's 1116 at News Radio WNBF. Yeah, if you think inflation is bad, and trust me, it's bad, we've had other periods of time in, in the not that distant past where inflation has been bad. Now, the next thing you know, if we're not. If we're not lucky, the next thing you know, early in 2023, Joe Biden is going to put out a whole bunch of new buttons called win, except they won't be red and white, they'll be blue and white, and then people will be mad at him for that. Whip inflation now. Oh, come on, man. It's not the president's fault. The inflation situation is not the fault of one person. There are 8 billion people on the planet, and price trends, whether it's for food or housing or energy or anything else, price trends have very little to do with a single person. Whip inflation now. Can't wait until he releases 500 million blue and white buttons to the American people. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph on a Thursday morning. You're listening to News Radio WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. When I... Whip inflation now. And those uh, beautiful Chinese-made blue and white buttons with the LED lighting so you can turn on the the lights, you know, even in a darkened room. And people say, oh, look, win, win, beep, boop, beep, boop. It means whip inflation now, America. Back to the phones we go. Uh Uh-oh. Stand by for controversy. Vinny from Binghamton, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Bob. You know, I um, I, I, I think Joe Biden's doing a great job myself. Uh, I think that, you know, we've uh, we've had a productive Congress. 
Um, I don't even have enough time to go over what we've done. And I think a lot of people don't really know because um, I wish if between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, I've was talking to some people and I said, you know what? I think one of the differences is, is we've got a better team. If I can take a back basketball analogy, we've got a better team. We really do. We've got a better team. We've got a stronger team. We're issue related, helping the people. I think the Republican Party has better cheerleaders. Oh, they scream, they do the flips, but their team is horrible. They got a horrible team. But the cheerleaders, are they're really louder. And what I mean is every time Republicans can do something, they cheer about it. They boast about it. Oh, they'll go over the top. Democrats don't do that. Like with the stimulus package, with the affordable health care, all these things that help the people. A lot of times those cheerleaders aren't that good. And that's what a lot of Democrats get frustrated about. Now, we've had the most productive Congress. Uh, in a long time, we've passed so many things. I think in the beginning of the year, we passed the 700, I think it was 786 dollars, 86 million. No, I think it was a billion dollar um, for the armed services for, for um, you know, all, all of our, um, you know, the Air Force and all the Marines, all that. We passed one of the largest. I think it was the largest in our history. We take care of our, our, our armed forces, our people. And I think right now, as far as. The release of the basketball player, first of all, it doesn't even fit. It really doesn't. When we, the whole thing, myself, was nonsense. I could even say it was a, a political um, move on Putin's part, or maybe somebody under him trying to make it up. You're going you're gonna, to really a basketball player? I mean, because if you, rem, if you know, Brittany is to the WNBA the way LeBron James is, to the um, uh, NBA, she makes a lot of money. Every any athlete would tell you they make more money overseas, women basketball players, than they do here because the support is a lot stronger overseas. And this is coming from a parent who's had a daughter that has played overseas in Spain. They make a lot of money over there. And what happens is there there's a coach. I guarantee you, there's a coach on that Russian team that could have told her because he's worth a lot of money to that team over there. Somebody probably wanted to make some big thing and say, hey, listen, she's going to be coming through the airport. She's got – they all know, Bob. These coaches, they all know what's going on. Somebody's a rat on her team. I guarantee you. Really? Because y'all – Oh, come on, man. Um, let me give you an example. Oh, this is- Call Alex Jones. Hey, call Alex Jones. Oh, no, he filed for bankruptcy. My daughter was playing in Spain, and one of the games, uh, they had like several coaches, and there was a female coach. And uh, now Kevin Stevens interviewed her. She didn't tell him this, but I know about it. She was pulled into the office by this uh, female coach, her and another girl from Chicago. Pulled into the office. Hey, girls, you want to make a little extra money? And uh, no, well, listen, you want to know if you want to throw a game, if they could throw a game. The girl from Chicago goes, I'm not into this. No, no. My daughter's like, no, no, thanks. She goes, you girls, sure, you can make a lot of money. There's a lot of that that goes on over there, throwing games, a lot of gambling. Wait, wait, for basketball? Oh, yeah, a lot of sports. Oh, absolutely. I know, Bob, I know a guy that played over there, a hockey player. If I say his name, you might know, but I'm not going to. Hockey player in this area, professional hockey player, 
he told me about, he was in this all mob money over there in Russia. I said, really? He goes, yeah, they chipped me a ton. They told me they were sending money back over here. And by the time I got done playing in that league, I came back over here and my wife goes, so what, what account did you put that money in? He, and he told her and uh, it wasn't there. So he went to his lawyer and his lawyer goes, <laughs> who am I going to go after? And there's nobody to go after in Russia. I'm telling you, more people know somebody made money off of that whole thing. I guarantee you, seen it. I mean, I've heard about it, talked about it with two different people. That's what went on over there. Because, I mean, think about it. It doesn't fit. Why are you going to put a girl basketball player and then throw her in the gulag over there? I mean, what is that about? Because she's that's star power. That's star power. If it's some professor from Harvard or whatever, you'll never hear about it. If it's some, um, you know, some, some, um, um, uh, like we can say, a professor, anybody that's working on technology from uh, uh, Berkeley or anything, and they get kicked, you're never going to hear about it. A basketball player, whether it's female, you will hear about it. What I want to know right now, at this precise moment, how many American citizens are being held by foreign countries? Illegally, I'm not talking about people who actually have um, violated local laws, but I'm I'm sure I I have no idea. I would love to know the 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 full list of people, Americans who are contractors or just plain citizens, and who are being held in I suspect many other countries that that just receive no no publicity at all. Yeah. That's that, and you're right. I bet there's a lot. I yeah, and I, I, you know, that's. I mean, one could say, well, you know, the the U.S. media could do a better job covering that. But some, let's face it, in some cases, the federal government, as well as the families of the people being held, don't want publicity because they're concerned that it could jeopardize the health and safety of their loved one who may be held, which very well could be true, you know, unwanted publicity, especially if it's someone who isn't well-known. You don't know if, if say, uh, the New York Times, when it's not on strike or some other news organization reports that, um, you know, John Smith from Newark Valley, New York, is being held somewhere, if if that gets reported, that unfortunately could have adverse consequences for John Smith. Yeah, yeah. I bet you, I bet you there's a lot of them. I can't. There was one I remember. I don't know if you remember that, Bob. It was uh, I think it was during the Reagan administration. There was some contractor that was kidnapped, and they sent a tape of him screaming and yelling. He was getting tortured. I can't remember what that was, but that was that was a that was a. That was a bad one. I mean, I think it goes on all over the world. I think, um, and I believe that, oh, yeah, we don't know about it. We have no idea. We My don't. Dad, did CIA, yeah, no, did we the don't. CIA send these people in there? And, yeah, yeah it's, it's a shame. Uh, on the yeah. other hand, and I, I don't like to impugn the integrity of this fine country, but I've heard stories in the past where sometimes the United States has treated foreigners improperly. Right. So yeah. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying we're perfect, but I do know yeah. that there have been allegations made over over uh, recent decades that the United States has definitely 
un, unjustifiably abused and, and tortured some some people in custody. Yeah, and I think a lot of the CIA is in on this that we don't even know about. Oh, I'm sure, but we can't talk All about right. it on the radio or else I might disappear. <laughs> no. So if I'm not here tomorrow, it's not a long weekend, kids. Well, it will be a long weekend, but, you know, wherever, as they say, at an undisclosed facility where he's not even allowed a cell phone. I, I swear, man. I swear. But I love America. I love America. And, you know, we're we're the best thing going. I, I mean, we can always do better. And and I know hey, if Bob. I say something like that, Vinny, somebody's going to take me to task. You said, oh, you love America. And then you said we could always do better. So that means you don't really love America. You know, that's that's the problem when when you talk realistically about this country. And, and let's mm-hmm. face it, I love this country and I, I feel blessed that I was born here. But just because mm-hmm. it's imperfect and you might state that doesn't mean that you don't love America. Well, I'm hoping that one day we can talk about America and trying to make America even better without going to the flag or going to the Bible or going to, you know, you just, you're an un-American. I wish we could stop that. We're all, we all love this country. Can't we just talk about things? Well, as Aerosmith once sang, dream on. It's 11.30. Bob Joseph live at WNBF taking your calls at 607-772-1290. This is News Radio WNBF 921 FM 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com. Looking for eleven thirty-three, Bob Joseph whipping inflation now. Demanding that prices be restored to reasonable levels. These inflationary trends need to be whipped, and they need to be whipped now. Back to phones we go. Carol from Johnson City, on the scene in Endicott. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Uh, Well, you were telling me that you went past it, but uh, when you went past it, were the two... Uh, I-beams or whatever, it's totally disconnected from the two buildings. Were you at that point? Did you see that when you went by? No, they were just about to do it. The, they had the, oh, the the kiddos The kiddos were there, and I was cheering them on. I'm going, yeah, baby! <laughs> were you uh, on the sidewalk? I mean, were you in the, on the ground, or were you in your car? No, I was on the ground. I had my nose pressed right up to the guy, and they... They um, they opened opened up the little, little the little thing to let like a giant truck in so they could haul it away. Well, well, the, the I beams or whatever shape beams they are are still right across, but I don't know how many yards or feet it is disconnected from each building, and it's being held up by something. I you know of course it's like you got to look fast, so it must be on some sort of platform or a truck or something. And there was uh, sparks flying because they were probably unwelding parts because you could see the X beams that were made up part of the wall. And so uh, they're, they're like, really moving along at a good clip. Yeah, and this is over, they used to call it IBM, right? That was the birthplace of <laughs> IBM, right? With oh, the, the IBM, walkway. IBM, oh, my God, I-beam. <laughs> Get it? IBM. Yeah, I-beam. <laughs> I, I beam machines. They uh, they used funny. to make the mainframe computers there, and then 
uh, after they polluted the place, they um, they they hauled their butts away. I mean, they still don't get me wrong. There still are some people, as they say, attached to the IBM Endicott location, but I don't know how firmly attached they are. If you know what what I mean, maybe Velcro. Hey. Yeah, well, that, well, I I had to I got distracted for a few seconds because my phone was beeping in my ear and it was an incoming call, not somebody who's listening to the radio because they don't listen to the radio. Horrors! A friend of mine does what not sort, listen to the radio. What sort of a sicko? Yeah, I don't think you well, should be associating with that kind of person. <laughs> well, these are people I've known since first grade. We're you know really good friends. Well, they, then they, se- they wear, send her to a re-education camp. I center well. They wear hearing aids, so that's part of the problem. Oh, okay. Well, if if it's difficult to hear the radio, then I I understand. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I just thought they were part of a movement that has decided that radio is no longer their thing. But if it's difficult to hear, that's okay. I yeah. take back. Well, I take back well, what I, I said. I... Just let her know that her friend Bob on the radio <laughs> said good morning. Well, I, I certainly will. I tell them all the time about listening to the station. But uh, you know they're. Yeah, no, I I would I have to say I I would be um, I'd be very uh, disappointed if I was un- unable to listen to talk radio. I love it. You know who I also love, and some people don't believe it because he and I don't have the same worldview. But I love Dan Bongino because he definitely has brought a new perspective to the station and and to things i mean sometimes he comes up with with things that actually give me pause now he he's a trifle manic just a trifle because i know i remember ron the recreation park ron he he made a comment about uh bongino once that uh about his personality he didn't define it but he just says well you know how he is and then you said in return Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I do, and and I quite didn't a say while ago. Well, a while ago. I, that's true. You know, I don't, I don't deny making that remark. But when it comes to Bongino, he hasn't been he in the radio. Well, he, he is, and he also hasn't been in the radio business that long. I think, given the fact that he entered the radio business just fairly recently, I think the fact that he is conducting. This three-hour daily show, as well as he does. Again, I'm not saying I agree with him on much of anything. That's beside the point. I think it's turned into a much better program than I expected. So, my and it's not that I thought he wouldn't do well. I just didn't know what to expect because, you know, we had the the previous host was on for quite a few years so there was one type of program and i thought well first of all who in their right mind would want to try to fill those big shoes you know it'd be almost like you're you're being set up being set up to lose because nobody nobody will listen or everybody who listens will start to compare you with the previous host and that's not fair and i think people have given dan bongino um the opportunity to really gain some good experience and and now i think he's he's moving forward so i think i think it's turned into a very good show well wasn't he on tv before he was on the radio because a friend of mine is the one that kept talking about him and talking about him and then when i you know when it was announced that he was going to be on the radio in place of uh, in lieu of not in lieu of but in, to replace uh the oh my god rush limbaugh's spot uh, I thought, oh, good, I'll, I'll get to hear him. 
uh, he was on TV really a while before the radio, wasn't he? Or oh, I don't. I don't have cable. All I, I know is I don't have cable. All I know, what I like best about him is he used to work for NYPD. That's what I like best, as far as well, I the re- when he talks about the Secret Service. Oh, I don't like that part because because he has too many secrets. So it, I know he. He worked for the Secret Service, but because of that, he won't tell us about it because they still won't let him. He doesn't work for them anymore, but they still won't let him spill the beans. Well, I don't. I think it's almost like a lifetime. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not blaming him. A lifetime promise. Right. Well, you, sure. When I'm sure when you sign up for the United States Secret Service, one of the first forms you sign is what happens here stays here. So. Well, you know, and so I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it, I like the part that he worked for NYPD, and he only worked for NYPD for about four years. I like that part better because he, he doesn't have to be as secretive about that. Right. There's a, there's no expiration date. Right. Yet. But, okay. yeah, as a, as a member of the United States Secret Service, I mean, can you imagine the kind of trouble he would be in if he started telling everything he knew? Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I had a well. Uh, these these friends that I have now, they have an older brother, and he worked for the CIA in the '60s and '70s. And uh, I couldn't even tell people that I knew somebody who worked for the CIA. I had to. Well, even now, even, even now, they're going to come. You're on the radio saying you knew someone who worked for the CIA in the but '60s. I didn't say who? But I didn't say. Yeah, who. but you better watch out. You better swap cars. <laughs> Turn your cell phone off because they can track you. What I, I suggest, throw your, turn your cell phone off, throw it in the river, and then go start a life somewhere outside Johnson City so they don't catch up with you. Because you just said on the radio you knew someone who worked for the CIA in the 60s. They're, they're going to be looking for you, Carol. If they, don't find you, if they don't find you before April, then they're coming for you over at the Rumble Ponies game, the first Rumble well, Ponies game in April at the home opener. They'll be there. Are you counting the days? Are you counting the days? Okay. Not, not quite. I, I should be. You. But I, I can I can imagine. So you're in your usual seat, and that's the thing. They they know, they know where you sit already. So they'll have a guy on either side, one guy to your left, and then another guy across the aisle, and you'll be going, I've never seen these guys before. These aren't Rumble Ponies fans. And what's the thing with the little earpieces? And, and, and why I'm are they? Make myself, I'm going to make myself laugh. <laughs> if someone hands me a burger that's ticking, I better be careful. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your report. Okay, see ya. <laughs> that's the report from Endicott making contemporary news. Eleven forty-two. Bob Joseph on WNBF. Larry in Kirkwood, you're on the air. I would say that if anybody wants to come after me, they got a problem, man. <laughs> I'm one of the most unoffensive guys you could ever want to encounter, you know. Yeah, well, the good news is I I doubt they're coming for you. But yeah, you never yeah. know. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Listen, there's hope for you, my friend. You're listening to Dan Mangino, and even though you don't even agree with a lot of what he says, we'll make a conservative out of you yet. I I think, and don't t- this is not for broadcast, but I I think... Uh, 2023 is the year when I'll become a card-carrying conservative. I just have that sense. <laughs> I would rejoice if that happened. But anyway, let's get on to something else. 
Brittany Grenier, I am happy to hear that they have gotten her released from Russia and bringing him back home. Now, maybe when she gets back home, she'll be appreciative of this country and stop running it down as she's done in the past. And she's had a taste of what life is like behind in a Russian prison. And it has to be a heck of a lot worse than here, I'm sure. You know, so, but that's a good thing. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad yeah, we'll, back. we'll see what she has to say. Who knows? You know what yeah. I would like? Yes, sir. You know how they have every year the Super Bowl? Oh. Uh-huh. So uh, what I would like at the Super Bowl in February, and I think it's going to be in Syracuse up at the Dome, I think I think it would be uh, a nice thing to have her sing the national anthem. <laughs> would you be willing to do that if she could sing? <laughs> Well, I don't know, but I think they should offer it to her. By the way, you have a good point. If if offered, would she agree to sing it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. She might. She. Oh, this. Imagine this: her singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl and then doing it while taking a knee. Oh. What do you yeah. think? What do you think that would do to the phone lines on on the following day? Do you think we'd have lots of callers to the? Monday program after the Super Bowl, if if that happened, at, oh, can oh, you imagine? Yeah, I, oh yeah, I think you'd you'd, you'd have uh, a near riot. <laughs> People would flip out. Oh, I would flip out. And let me tell you. Yeah. I, I, hate I, 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 I hate it when I hear about people kneeling when the national during the national played. anthem. But so far, as I know, so far at the Super Bowl, they've never had the person singing the national anthem take a knee while singing it. So that would really frost some flakes. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah, better not happen. I'm just saying. 1145, this is Bob Joseph. At News Radio, WNBF 607 772 1290. Remember, for all the news, every morning, first thing, listen to First News Binghamton, 6 to 9, with James Kelly and Kathy White. That's your daily briefing right there. Weekday mornings, First News Binghamton, with Kelly and White on WNBF. Eleven forty-eight WNBF WNBF.com. Attention stations down the line. Stand by for an ABC News special report. 
This is a special report from ABC News. Moments ago, the House passing the final version of the Respect for Marriage Act. The vote, 258 to 169, with one lawmaker voting present. That legislation ensures federal protections for same-sex and interracial marriage. Democrats bringing that bill forward following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, which returned reproductive right decisions to individual states. Republicans had said that this measure was not needed, but enough Republicans joining Democrats today to pass the bill. It now heads to the president's de- President Biden's desk for him to sign. Again, the House passing the final version of the Respect for Marriage. Well, there you go. That's the flash, apparently official from ABC Global Headquarters in New York. Michelle Franzen on the story. So, it will be. It will be. Um, that'll be a photo op. People say they like photo ops with uh, President Biden. Here's your photo op right there. He certainly is going to hold a photo op uh, when he signs the measure that will enshrine marriage equality in federal law. So I know we received a note from someone who uh, was talking about photo ops and the president. So be prepared. Brace yourself for a photo op. Nancy Pelosi uh, took a a break from whatever else she's doing to uh, talk about this measure which she says is very, very significant for the United States. Once signed into law, the Respect for Marriage Act will help prevent right-wing extremists from upending the lives of loving couples, traumatizing kids across the country, and turning back the clock on hard-won progress. All right, so that's the uh, statement from Speaker Pelosi. We still have no official statement from Hakeem Jeffries. Remember, uh, Hakeem Jeffries went to Binghamton University and... I let me just check to see if he he may have uh, actually tweeted something out here on his um, feed. Hakeem Jeffries, by the way, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, I expect will be uh, featured in an upcoming Wall Street Journal editorial. And by the way, for people who love Binghamton and Hakeem Jeffries, um, the truth is. They'll probably mention Hakeem Jeffries and Binghamton in an upcoming uh, Wall Street Journal opinion piece. So stay tuned for that if you want to learn more about Hakeem Jeffries and his time in Binghamton. Let's see if we can squeeze in some more calls here. Uh, Boy, the time flies when we're having broadcast fun. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, yeah. Good to call again it's been a long time hakeem dj from Wait. binghamton oh dj what do you mean it's a long yeah. time an hour and eight minutes no come on man oh that must have been my brother oh no hey, that that, I, I, that was actually two and a half hours ago never mind oh was it yeah an hour and eight minutes <laughs> but who's keeping okay. track because hey, because now i'm logging in these calls because somebody told oh. me hakeem jeffries might be calling in and i i want to make <laughs> can you imagine Anyway, so some things, some things make me, even though I'm heading out the door for the second time today, just make me call up. Listen, in America, people do a lot. You can do whatever you want unless it's criminal, felon, or whatever. You know, people play these games. Listen, unless 
he has a pencil and she has a sharpener. They're roommates. There's no husband and wife. Joe Biden can say whatever he wants and do whatever he wants, but we know the truth. Not that oh, we I see what you did them. there. I not see, that I, we hate them. Wait, wait, wait. I see what you did there. It took me a second because I'm not the sharpest tool in the box, but I, I get it. You're very smart. Hey, Bob, I, that's what, <laughs> I remember one time Tom from Susquehanna called up and he said, um, you were talking about uh, she in swimming. And he said, it's not a she, Bob, it's a he, unless, he said something like, if he's got two acorns and a twig, that's where I got that from. Oh, my gosh. You know, I love the nuances. That's what I love about radio, the nuance. You know, so if somebody goes on the air and says, I won't use that because somebody will take offense, but you know what I mean. Some of our listeners know what I mean. And I was going to, and I thought, oh, no, somebody... Somebody will be crying in their Count Chocula, so, and I don't need a meeting this afternoon. I have reporting that I need to get to. I will be out reporting, so don't kid yourself. I'm not going to be taking meetings today. Well, I heard what you said there, and obviously most listeners didn't understand the nuance, but still. Let's see. Oh. Dave from Binghamton. And this is a very, very important note, I believe. Dave from Binghamton writes, I hope Brittany Griner dedicates a part of her time to advocate for the release of Paul Whelan. Signed, Dave. I hope so, too. I really, really, truly, truly hope so. I think that would be uh, appropriate. And she certainly... First of all, let's give her some privacy, or as they would say across the pond, some privacy. Because she deserves some privacy after everything she's been through since last February. But at some point, and you know, as I already said, the point when she's probably going to do a big sit-down interview with her wife, it's probably going to be for the February sweeps with Oprah, See, that's my prediction. You know, this is, this is the big get. So she's not going to sit down with George Stephanopoulos. She's not, yeah, I know you're saying, well, that's because he's not tall enough. No, it has nothing to do with height. It has everything to do with these big gets. Remember, Oprah doesn't do interviews much anymore because she's Oprah. She doesn't have to. That's why she has Oprah Magazine, because she doesn't need to do much day-to-day anymore because of the Oprah empire. The Oprah money machine just chugs along whether she works or not. But I predict in time for the February sweeps on TV, probably she'll shop it around, but it'll probably wind up going to CBS because I think Oprah currently has the best current relationship with the people at CBS. and Oh, and then they'll put it on paramount plus and they'll they'll put say one hour on tv on a sunday night after 60 minutes and then they'll say and for more exclusive unseen excerpts from oprah's intimate conversation with Brittany griner and her wife then you go to paramount plus and you have to pay to see the rest the good parts of the interview because after all this is america 
and every little thing now needs to be monetized. Well, Bob, that's not fair. What if people don't have uh, that kind of cash money to pay for a streaming service named Plus? Well, too bad, man. The haves and the have-nots. Bob Joseph live on a Thursday on WNBF and WNBF.com. Looking for... mission accomplished on this thursday but the mission really never ends does it so we'll continue on our mission tomorrow morning right here on news radio bob joseph thanking you for your time this time till next time (laughs) it's 12 noon this is wnbf binghamton and wnbf.com